0: Up a pop
1: pop a a Welcome to the Crash Course podcast. Another week, another podcast, and I clapped by the microphone, which probably peaked it. Which yeah, is, you like to fun. do that, don't you? You really do like you, to do things like you that. I'm d- a physical man.
0: That's not true. Physically, you said that so s- without heart. It's yeah, <laughs> right. kind of funny. He speaks with I, his hands. I very physical. I can be very physical. He speaks people. Italian. We'll just say all it, right, I guess which is weird
2: because right. he's not any who speaks Italian. Italian? I don't speak. Yes, you do. Wait. You use your hands.
0: It's a Jewish oh, thing, also. No, it's it, an Ita- well, it is it's an Italian. It is kind trope. of a Jewish thing. You know, I think it's a New York thing. Can we just agree on that at this point? No. <laughs> no, well, we no, can. I, I no, think no, so. we no. No, I agree with Steve. John's to just because being I do difficult. the same thing, and I am neither, but I am New York. Okay.
1: Sure. Yeah, you're like Swedish or something.
0: Yeah, but I'm not going. a do duka du. Because that's what Swedes do, right? Right? No. If Muppets taught me anything, that was so. Racist, Self- Self- self-racist, so, so blatantly. Ra- well, yeah, I know. It's still
1: racist. Self is not necessary. There's a it's lot. To, racist, there's a lot for me to be
0: self-racist about. I'm Scottish, so yes, that's lots. True. Yeah. I, no, I I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Where where are the second cheapest, for instance. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's excellent.
1: <laughs> I guess. Wow, that's been. Exciting. Do we have a topic today? <laughs>
2: Are we doing we'll it now, worry or, about, or are we just going to keep rambling?
1: Um, before we move any further, just I just right want to say, it. for those who are listening, who are interested, we've had many guests of uh, who have been involved with, or part of, or even fans of, Wasabasco Burlesque, including two performers, Kita and Hazel Hunysuckle. Um This coming, when this goes up, this coming Friday and Sunday are the ninth anniversary special shows of Wasabasco. Um, every year they do a big anniversary show. And so this year's is Friday and Sunday, the 9th and 11th, or 8th and 10th, whatever this... Don't look at me. Whatever this Friday and Sunday are. So come check it out, have fun. I'll be there doing sound like I always do. Um, Why don't we get into this week's album, Steve?
0: Okay, I went back to Prague this week. Um, Today's artist is Scale the Summit. The album is The Migration. There's more straightforward prog, I guess, at least when comparing against our last prog band, which was Godsticks. At least in terms of the overall prog structure, which you take several measures of this and you move it into several measures of that, and it tends to expand on itself in that way. But it's a little more metal, and also it borrows a lot from post-rock. So you get a lot of softer themes in here, really playful uses of the guitar as ambient work.
1: Yeah, actually, that was one of the first things I noticed about the record, is that the the uh, guitar work takes kind of an ambient feel in this record. And, 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 not, that, and not immediately. And no. that there's like three or four or ten or sometimes
0: thirty guitars being played. <laughs> it can sometimes sound that way. Of course, there's effects <laughs> being put on top of that. But, uh, yeah, the guitars definitely work well together, in my opinion. But we're not even going to get close to that. First of all, we're going to start with the first track here. We've got Odyssey. Now, this track... I think starts off the way you would expect a prog band probably to start out. You get this guitar that sort of proposes this frantic melody, sort of in line with the drums, and it's almost like, it treats itself in a series of subjects. It's almost like a fugue, like we've definitely done, not done any classical in this album, but like a fugue will have like two, two figures, and they both play simultaneously, and each one is called a subject. And then you almost reinvent that, you know, every few measures a show. You do something similar here in Prague. It's classical in that way. I noticed that the subjects
2: tended to be or seemed to be a, uh, a deeper, throatier guitar, uh, more akin to what you would actually expect in metal um, in, in some of the more darker black metal styles. Compared to the the high pitched frantic guitar work, it was almost like these these were two individuals. I don't know if it was the same guitarist or not, but these were two roving individuals within the whole album, but especially within Odyssey.
0: That's right. Even uh, as of the next as of the next uh, subject, we get these we get these two simultaneous things going on within an eight measure segment. The guitarists seem to split. One stays melodic, and the other goes all frantic. It's this frantic configuration just stays beneath and then the bass joins in and that's another really prominent feature about this band the bassist really stands out um which it does in a lot of prog but i feel it, it's it's more highlighted here for some reason when he steps in front the virtua- virtuosity is just apparent immediately
1: i mean he definitely stands out more than say the bassist did in godsticks not that there was anything wrong with the bass in godsticks but this this bassist did take center stage multiple times on this record Right. I, I see them as more of a unifying
2: uh, individual, uh, unifying sound for uh, to,
0: to to bring the guitars together and to also couple them with the beat work of the drums. That's kind of a funny interpretation, considering I feel the guitars, at least as the three of them, or I, I'm pretty sure there might be three, I'm not positive about that, but they are kind of like an entity on, unto themselves, but it's true they need some kind of anchor beneath it, and I think... In the end, the bass probably provides more of that anchor than the drums. It, it
2: tends to be the leader of the pair. They they have their specialties, but I feel like the bass is more of leading both, both guitar styles, uh, unifying them them together. Yeah. Not that they don't comp each other well. and Odyssey, they, they did some great work in actually comping each other. Yes. Uh, the For all the beauty that's in Odyssey, and Odyssey does have a lot of movements in them, I felt like the breakdowns while beautiful and they were very beautiful breakdowns in between each section i felt like it kind of divorced the different sections a lot more than what we get later in the album
0: i uh, the conduct uh, the connections between the two weren't as solid we do get a little bit of divorce i could see how you'd say that and in fact one occurs uh, with a really really jarring transition at least i could see how it would be jarring it's this this ear piercing screech that you get just just maybe 32 measures into the song you get uh, this screech, it's almost like a harrowing bell toll, and then right after that you get your full-on B section, which really starts playing around. That's, that's when you, I think you get the full guitar solo. At least, it could be written out verbatim, I'm not entirely sure, but that's when they start playing around with all these other things. They start playing around with rhythm, they start, you get this like three measures of six beats and one measure of seven beats, and you keep going around this cycle. It's sort of like punctuated almost with this guitar wailing at the same time a lot going on here it's that guitar wailing that high energy
2: associated with it i i think it was the fact that there was a lot of breathing there was a some high speed and low speed back and forth that i think broke up the song a little bit too much for me it the the slowness the slower parts where uh the 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 high guitar is taking a back step did a great job in breathing
0: the song, but I feel like it lost a little bit of the cohesion. Well, it's funny you mentioned breathing, because there is a little bit in that se- in this section B here. Once they go through that cycle of, like, 6667, right, then at the end of that, you get this closing motif that seems to wrap everything up like a period, and then they can begin the cycle again. So I feel like if you're listening closely, this can become this section, at least, can become more apparent. But I do see how the sections can be divorced, especially when you're talking about the... Section after that, um, for one thing, once B start the section B starts getting really really intense. You the the rumble beneath it starts getting more intense. Everything starts building. Then there's just this abrupt halt, and it goes into a post rock melody, or if you could call it a melody at all, it's just this light figuration. It's like this ethereal, surreal, introspective, space like theme. It's a combination. It's completely separate. You got you got melodies and ambiences working
2: alongside each other, yeah. and it's 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 not a hundred percent here, but it is interesting to have those two working together. But it the, caught me off guard, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, but the ending, that ending that you're talking about, where it got to this, this is just the middle, actually. Oh, you're still in the middle because the it, ending had a very similar feel is, to the it middle. It is. It's the same
0: thing. Was they kind do- of
1: disjointed. And at first, I didn't really like it, but then when it went into um, and we're not getting there yet, but just yeah. with its connection to the next track, at right. just an Atlas Novum Novus, right? It felt more connected to that, and I think in the long run, that was its purpose. Both the centerpiece and the ending was to kind of relate this into the next track that we were going to. I get agree a hundred percent.
0: It's it's the kind of thing that on a first listen, you will be because ju- you don't know that's coming. Yeah. So, so you just go. What you you the just hell think is like, this? okay, that's. The, it, I mean. When I say jarring, we've had this uh, many cases where you could say something's jarring, which seems to be negative, but usually will have a positive effect on me, because I like that sound so much.
1: We're using the term jarring as sudden, not as bad sudden. Yeah. It's just sudden. means we're probably using it incorrectly, but nevertheless, it's
0: appropriate, because at least on the first listen, it could be bad. I could see this affecting
1: some listeners It would negatively. throw someone off. I mean, I was kind of expecting anything from this record, because... My experience with Prague was fairly limited, other than the obvious answers to Prague. But, you know, um, whatchamacallit, um, uh, Godsticks kind of opened my eyes with Prague, and it made me realize that Prague was more a style of composition, not a style of sound, per se. Right,
0: and that's the funny thing in comparing it to Godsticks, is that Godsticks really did keep the first uh, chorus structure, even though they, they really stretched it, and you know, to their will. Right. The fact that they had a singer makes it so that you have to have some right. semblance of, course. of that. Whereas
1: this this is all we should say, because we haven't right. actually said this yet. There's no singing. This is completely instrumental. Completely there is no instrumental,
0: singing. and that's even said, they said themselves, because they don't have a singer, they can, um, they had the freedom to do that. To right.
2: Stay, to stay away from verse choruses. But you do get, it's it's, you don't have verses and choruses, but in this track and in later tracks, the combination of... High-speed franticness and lower, uh, deeper tones in slowdowns and the breakdowns sort of stimulates, uh, not stimulates, stimulates that verse-chorus nature, and and it does keep the song flowing. That's that's another thing. We don't really get staleness in the in these songs, uh, even though you may have something stated for thirty seconds. It, it, just yeah, that's repetition. About, that's about
0: as long as the subject would take to go its course.
2: Yeah, but it's it, and it'll, it'll get restated a little bit differently or a lot of it differently, but it will get restated. You'll come back to the course, but in this case, because it's it's a duality between the speeds and the styles of the guitar, it does a great job of, of breaking up the album, but while while keeping it connected.
0: Right, and even even this this subject here, this um this abrupt halt post-rock theme. It's very soft, very soothing. Of course, it doesn't last that long, but over the course of it, it starts getting a little bit more intense. You get this arpeggiating guitar, really relaxed, really, it's almost... what? Wait, wait, wait. Arpeggiating? Yeah, arpeggiating, going through the cycles of the chords. See, I'm talking music theory here. but oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Going through the uh, members of each chord, the notes of each chord. Um, and it, it, it starts off by just staying in C major, which is, of course, like the safest and, and most homey of all chords out there and then it goes to f minor which really tenses it up within this very serene backdrop that they've painted um and i think it was actually f harmonic minor which actually makes it a little bit more ethereal and then they get more intense more intense and finishes it off with a ninth chord and then it's right back into the heavy stuff so then we're back to b and i think that it could almost come off as maybe another movement. You you might not originally associate it with B. It could come off as a new movement, new material, and that in itself could be considered another divorce. Again, on a first listen, I, I could definitely see uh how the negatives could probably stack up with this first track. In either case though, I think within context of the album, you could see that that this section uh return section B is almost um how to put it, it's uh it restates the other themes that have been stated throughout the track. It's sort of a wrap up. It's closing material in that regard. And you can yeah. almost regard Odyssey as the overture. Yeah. T- to, to, to some extent. But Well, but, actually, I wasn't saying just it's stating themes within itself, not necessarily that there's themes uh, throughout the album. I'm I'm I'm, I'm actually yeah. making that sort of a
2: claim. That yeah. in in hindsight, it becomes something of an overture. Oh, All right, in hindsight, now, yeah. But that may be a, a negative as well because there is a, a big differences in these songs. Uh, some of the songs are just so much of one thing, and some of the songs are so much of another. It it it, it kind of gives it a schizophrenical nature.
0: Yeah, and that is a, like.
1: A well, vibe. what I want to say, just based on what John's saying, also is that the the, the the talking about the rest of the album though, and I mean we're we're alluding to that there is a lot of movement and change and transition in this record. I still feel like the transitions in this song are are not nearly as well done as later par- transitions in the record. I I could definitely
0: see that, especially yeah. It, it leads you to believe that there's going to be a lot more of a sudden nature here than really comes. They get a right. lot more organized, I think, as it goes on. The most apparent tra- transition is that final one to that last soft section. Yeah, that's the one where, in order, to, when when they close that track, it's like they're completely departing from the key in order to go, like, it's really unexpected. Still love it, still think it's one of the most beautiful sounds I've ever heard, but it it's it's so foreign from it, what had it, just come.
1: Yeah, it just didn't make sense in context until you get to the second track. Exactly. That's when I think the ending of that track it, makes the most sense. Right, but it, it it's
0: sad, at least. If yeah. you, you, there's another way to interpret this. It could be like, you know, if you're going to put visuals to it, it's almost like a battle, and then all of a sudden there's the moment in the battle where you just lost a friend or something. Because the end, that soft section at the end is so sad. It's like a death just occurred. I mean cycle between the d major uh ninth i think to an f sharp minor ninth it's really depressing and j- it starts getting slower as it goes like a heart yeah. is about to stop and that brings us in to the second track atlas novus it which...
2: starts with a beautiful speed piano the intro is gorgeous it's it just really a great it sounds stim- like piano doesn't it because i know so, it's
0: like, so fleeting but it's it's like classical guitar work i know honestly and it was I loved how they took this really high speed,
2: just coolness, and used the drums and guitar to replicate and expand that My immediately sh- afterwards and just continuously
1: expand that. My short description for this song is just it's got this kind of engaging predictability, as I explained it when we were listening to it. It was something where I could almost predict where it was going, but I didn't mind it. It felt comfortable, it felt familiar.
0: Right. I think one of the reasons for that is, that, from a theory standpoint, a lot of it has to do with just cycling between two chords. It's not always the same two chords, but at least in the beginning you're dealing with G minor, and, uh, sorry, G major and B minor. And uh, that's where you get the really strong bass, and you just get to listen to all these instruments, you know, experiment with what they can do before you get another two-chord cycle, such as later on it's uh, G major and E minor. And you just cycle through these two chords
1: and experiment and you really get a sense also in this track of the ambience of the guitar. The yeah. guitar work goes to another level in this track and really gives you that ambient feel. But it's not ambient in the sense that it's ignored and in the background. Just just ambient, atmospheric might be a better way to describe it. It's it's, it's building this kind of it becomes scene a, work almost. It becomes an auxil- a auxiliary
2: component
1: yeah. to the
0: deep front that is the bass. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, The bass is definitely a front, but I will agree, because it's so ambient, it it does kind of lack a melody. But I'm okay with that in this track. They're very... There is a melody to some extent, it's kind of accented, but... It's hard to explain, because then again, the melody is also absent at the same exact time. It's more like cycling through various figurations. That's really more what it's doing, and it accents them, that you almost begin to accept them after a while as melodies. It's very strange. It's like ping-ponging things back and forth.
2: Yeah, and we're
0: having these uh, different
2: guitars working once again, though they tend to play on the higher range, so you're having a little more uh, speed-oriented strumming and plucking. But the way that they're now complementing and... uh, What's the word?
0: Arguing. They, they, they comp, I could but see they that. Argue. There's definitely an argument going on. This is what the, that fugue-like situation you're talking about, where two lines are, are working against each other. And yet it's not complete. They keep going back and forth to playing in unison and then
2: playing discordedly within the same measure. And it's just it does a great job of pairing up with the lead bass. And it, it's, it's beautiful. And throughout this whole thing, we haven't really talked about it yet, but the drums are really doing a great job of driving the track home. That's but true. They don't stand out in the
0: same way. People interpret the bass that way sometimes, that the bass, oh yeah, it drives the piece, but people don't really always think of it. as like, oh yeah, I love that bass section. It's just, it's the unseen, uh, it's the unseen. There's no bass section doing that. Well, that's the thing. In this case, the bass really does take the forefront. The drums are doing that. The drums are the unseen virtuosity.
1: So this is not the first time I've heard a bass take the forefront. I mean, it depends on a band. I mean, obviously, this is a band I know that me, you, and you, Steve, are huge fans of, That where the bass has always been the forefront. That's Primus. Oh, and Primus does stuff with yeah, bass work,
0: but that's the thing. Primus a lot is, is a very special situation. Sure, and a lot of these. I mean, I, I'm just like rule of thumb. The way a lot of people tend to think of bass, as they shouldn't, as right. they shouldn't. But you know, it becomes very commonplace
1: for. the It becomes bass the, to take the backbone vaccine. of most rock bands. It's just there to kind of guide right. along the rest. of the Which does not
0: mean it's not important. No, of it's course. It's just that, you know, it's it's the silent killer. <laughs> it's just this... it's doing very important things. Right. Yeah. Just unseen unheard and in this case the bass is truly just flowing and i i
2: it it does this greater later on but i really start hearing the controlling aspect of the bass right it's not even just taking the lead it is dictating the flow of the song
0: yeah it, it really I, I i gotta stick with what i said before the bass is really written like a line in a fugue it's it it stands out but the funny thing is that it almost stands out more than it would in a fugue, because, of course, in a fugue, especially if you're playing it on a piano or a harpsichord, it, the both lines are going to blend together in tone, at least, because it's the same exact tone, the same timbre, it's the same instrument. But here, it's working against other instruments, that is the guitars. And the guitars are so standoutish in terms of their tone, because they're pulling off this 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 ambience again. And one thing very specific about this track, which I have to say is is not present in the other tracks, it's it's the manner in which... Certain, um, certain guitars, at least the lead guitar here, will perform a bend at the end of every single phrase where he jumps up to this note and bends it down again and repeats that over and over as if it's an echo or as if it sounds like it's two guitars playing at the same time. It's really just one guitar, but it, it's such a surreal effect. I can't even begin to describe how that affected me the first time I heard it. And that's, that's, that's a really strong factor for this track right here. I think um, it elevates it to probably one of my favorites on the album.
1: It's definitely a, a good track. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely not just good. It's a great track. It definitely is. It, goes, it definitely, for me, like the first track I enjoyed, but I was like, well, if this is a taste of things to come, I'm not sure where I'd be, but this track really engaged me and brought me on board, and I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. It really right. pulled me into the, them as a band.
2: We we harken I'm gonna harken back to our uh podcast with Steam powered Giraffe, where we kinda of regarded the first track as an introduction to the band. The second track was an introduction to the the album. And I feel like this song, these two songs,
0: Odyssey and Atlas Novus, do the same sort of job. That's a very uh astute observation, actually. Um and I will, Especially um, considering the busyness
2: of, of the first track. And I will say this, and uh, we, we, we use the words metal. We're going to use the words metal quite a bit, but this song, Atlas Novus is, Stephen and I discussed it, post-rock in its inspiration, in its roots.
0: Yeah. And it was a little bit different because I was not expecting it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Genre-wise, this really is a post-rock track. We're moving away from the heavier stuff here.
1: Most of this track is just very flowing, very soothing. It's like water. <laughs> I had said that when I had heard it, and actually now I can think of the band, now that you said flowing of water, that it reminds me of... It's a loose Impressionist observation, but it's appropriate. But it, but it pulls me to Incubus. It, I, I could v- that's envision... I could envision just the way that it flowed. I could f- picture Brandon Boyd's vocals, or picture here, Brandon Boyd's vocals over it. Because there's a song called Aqueous Transmissions by Incubus that's very flowing and very very much similar to this style. And I it's will, a very post-rock track. I will, I will, I will really, really uh, back you up on that one. I I agree. That's
2: that's a great illusion uh, right there. And so
1: that's mm. what led me to that kind of new metal kind of post-rock blend that I said I, cu- I could hear lyrics over it because it's where it pulled I me.
0: follow, and I, I hear similarities too. It, at least in the post-rock community, I'm sure that some of this has been done before. Uh, the standoutish thing, the one that makes this a little bit... Um, you know really glaring to me is that effect as I said it's it's that that altering the note where you're sort of shifting the harmonies that you're emphasizing and doing that over the course of these these short minute for echoing phrases I just think it's brilliant and it creates a unifying fact throughout the entire album it, yeah. it creates a theme within that song yeah basically yeah. the theme that the guitars are the synth sometimes they really function as the, the synth that over overlying um uh, ambience so yeah.
1: With that, I think we're going to move on to uh, track three, The Olive Tree. Now. So this this song, in its, in its beginnings, I, I really enjoyed the way the guitars were not following each other for a change. There was one guitar that was doing a heavy, standard kind of metal grind with the second guitar layered underneath it doing a lot more finger-picking, more detail work, which was great for the first yeah. like minute or so. But then... Yeah. The song on a whole uh, as an overarch goes into this disjoint but at the end it gets kind of disjointed and odd and takes a weird turn. It has It takes weird turn very soon. But I do wanna stress I did enjoy that first minute. It
0: was it felt like another exposition. Yeah. Like perhaps if we didn't interpret in hindsight, if we didn't interpret the second track to really kick off the album, I would have almost said that this track did with that intro. Um, and it, that intro—it it feels like a, like a fairy tale or something. Again, eerie, serene. Words like these, <laughs> and uh, after that, it just it gives way. The
1: thing is, is that in that first minute, there was some great bass. Both the guitars and the bass were doing such great work together that it was very engaging and it really pulled you in. But after that, it just got so disjointed. And then, oh,
0: <laughs> I'll just go along with that. The guitar stepping in there over that, that framework. Was a line of its own. This was clear melody. It sounded like a, um, like a violin almost, yeah. stepping up on top on top of everything else. But I think
2: that was the problem with the uh, the the first transition, and the lit latter half of this song was, you're, you're talking about the bass really working in unison with the guitars, which is not working as well because we. Well, it I, did, I It, didn't, in, in it the worked well part, in this intro. Yeah, but in the second part, and the subsequent parts. It wasn't doing that anymore. It wasn't doing what we exp- what we found in Atlas Novus. It wasn't taking a lead. And at the same time, we don't have the drums picking up the work for the bass in this song. It's it's, it's kind of like
0: the drums and the bass kind of took a, a little bit too much of a step back. Here's the thing. I want to make this very clear, the <laughs> distinction between this intro and this track bulk here. The intro, gorgeous. downright gorgeous. And then... I see why you say that like the drums aren't really picking it up because a lot of the rest of the track is very regimented and this is where I get into almost a little bit of a critique of, uh, of 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 prague in a certain sense that sometimes they can fit these 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 cycles these subjects with with textbook regimentation like they're just they have to go back they have to go back and they stay there and it almost sounds like it, it it's it's its own thing that can't break from that thing for the duration of that thing. And, and the then fu- it goes into a new thing, which may not be connected to the previous thing.
1: And the, and the funny thing is that when you describe it that way, it's almost like it's the anti it's becoming the antithesis of what it represents. It's supposed to be this free form, progressive. progressive it's, supposed build to, it's supposed to progress, not... and then not become regimented. All right, and then progress to something else.
0: Right. It's almost like it seems to have have uh, sections unto itself that are just new sections. In which case, you're dealing with. Um, multiple movements within a really short time frame. It's which is, a, is I think a little bit too uh too flexible. Now I R will has. say I will say it Seamless. There's still quality
2: instrumentation. Oh yeah. But this is more of a series of good ideas as opposed to a more unified cohesive piece. Yeah. Which takes us back to It's that. just
1: a little
0: dip in the album for me. Right, this it's it's
1: one of those things that we talk about, we've talked about a lot with Flying Lotus, we've mentioned it with Godsticks, we've mentioned it with other artists who have, who go a more complex or even sometimes artistic route that, you know, Boards of Canada, is sometimes the whole track isn't going to be a complete hit. You know, we'll like parts, but then the rest of the track will be a miss, and it won't hurt the album, but it'll definitely hurt the track.
0: Yeah, I mean, when it comes right down to it. I guess I just really don't think that that bulk fit with the intro the intro was really a bit it has to do a lot with the separation from the intro it's just a big letdown for me i I wanted i wanted an expansion on that It really really did
1: it could have been two separate tracks this this track could have been broken up into two separate tracks or it could have been
2: two or three fully flushed out yeah flushed out renditions because there was there was two major breakdowns which kind of created a a a three-part song here yeah individually they could have become very beautiful songs but yeah, like collectively it collectively they do drain a
0: little bit of the quality from each other i i agree um especially like the last section you know it's it's hard to imagine it going from this this eerie fairy tale intro to this playful 80s rock jam at the end um which you know i again i enjoyed it in of itself it was sort of another side of them another side to what they can do but it it's just such a strange pull from the previous um. Still enjoyed it, but I I have to take this this track very separately. It will be more about like, ooh, I want to go back to that timestamp the, the, rather it, than the, take the track as a whole.
1: It hurts the whole overall arc of the record. It hurts right. it a little bit. You know, you can't ignore something like that, especially with a song with no that doesn't always have a clear theme. You know, you're looking for a musical arc at its purest, and this will hurt that because it does break that up and disjoin it a bit. Yeah.
0: It just you know
1: it comes down to those repeated sections, which
0: some of them are just a little bit too thin to, uh, to really establish and to really to really elaborate on. In which case they just move to a new thing. So minor (coughs)
1: truth. Now you can cut it out. Twenty nine twenty five. Thanks a lot, John. Won't work for me. (laughs) All right. I guess this would be a good point to move into track four. Narrow salient. So we actually looked up what a salient is. John, would you like to regale us? This
2: is a uh, jutting section of land or fortification.
0: So <laughs> a
1: narrow... <laughs> that's that's
0: the, the type of salient looking at. It.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: It's, an, it's a... Think of it as a pointed cliff. This is what the, the imagery of a narrow
1: salient is. Land that juts out to form an angle. And so this song is where we really get back into the core of the the proggy goodness, as I'd like to say. Well, even, is, the, even the metal goodness. This is metal. Yeah. This is a very metal,
0: metal song. Now, I, I had really said broaching metal at this point, which is a yeah. funny thing to say, considering that even by their own descriptor, they originally called themselves adventure metal, right? Advent Prog was not necessarily on their own right. uh, self-listing. But again, Prague is just a form. Uh it really just depends on how you spin the metal sound. And in this case, they were really heavy with that metal sound. Still a little bit regimented. A, a little, little bit, bit but not as much as but a the lot, last one. a lot more fun. More engaged here. I will say
2: it, it may be more engaging, but I found this to be a metal montage. It, it felt almost trope-driven. Not to say that they were poorly designed and poorly executed, But you were getting some of the very typical halting play that you get in metal. You were getting the, uh, the speed attack guitar. You were getting the slow builds. You were getting the breakdowns. And it felt almost like they were just dipping their toe into every single one of those standard pieces.
0: Yeah, they go through a lot of sections here. I still was more interested, I guess, in these sections, which is really why it comes down to, uh, pure taste in the end. Because, you know, (laughs) when it comes to the previous track, uh, I just wasn't as into some of the sections. You know, if you have a cycle, and I'm not really as much of a fan of the cycle, well, that's going to hurt that form. Here, maybe I was just a little more favorable. Granted, they were regimented with the with the intro, but I'm a little more forgiving, I guess, of strict regimented uh, prog intros, maybe just for the fact that they're almost like a kick block, like for a sprint. You know, they set you out with something just to familiarize yourself, sort of an anchor supposed to be a little bit predictable, supposed to be a little bit uh, straightforward. And then they dive into this this monstrosity.
1: But also, I mean, the way John mentions the, the tropiness, finger quotes, of this, I have to say, I don't really think it's a bad thing. When you're influenced by metal, you tend to push that metal into what you do. I mean, even look at our album last week with Arctic Monkeys, you know, um, I can't remember which song it was, but the one that was blatantly pulling directly from War Pigs, like oh, the War Pigs Eleanor, Rigby monstrosity. Right. I don't, but I loved that song, and I loved that it did that. And in the same way, I love this track for the same reasons. I like that it's pulling from all these different places of metal, also because typically metal itself doesn't do that. Usually, when you play a type of metal, if you're Sonata Arctica, you're playing speed power metal. You know, if you're Metallica, you're playing heavy metal you know if you're uh you know black sabbath you're playing classic rock slash metal you know it's it's i like that this kind of brought all of those different styles of metal together yeah it was a step up for me but for me i kind of
2: regarded it as them going this is metal spacing this is metal spacing this is metal spacing this is a metal breakdown this is
0: a metal breakdown and it was kind of it was kind of yeah, weird see, to hear that. You're from persp- describing the last track for me. I didn't feel that as much. Either. Yeah, I, me too. It's just, for Perhaps. me,
2: that's, that's kind of what I heard. Because th- it didn't seem like they offered anything new. It was
0: just very, very good, tried and true. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I wouldn't necessarily say that, anyth- that anything in this band is... Tried and true, they can be very original with what they do. Even if the tone can sometimes, like the the fact is, metal the metal tone, as as we think of it a lot, I think is interpreted just as a trope by a lot of people. Even though there's so much variety within it, like a wealth of variety. So, you know, it could just be a, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking at it from afar, I could see how you'd think that.
1: Yeah, I just but under I think there's, there's
0: there's differences. There
1: was enough intricacies in the sections that. I didn't really get that bogged down with the tropiness of it because they were still adding so much more to those specific styles. Yeah. The other thing here is the bass
0: takes another forefront. Granted, the bass is taking forefronts throughout this uh, throughout this album, but here I, it almost felt more akin to a solo rather than a written out piece, if whether that's true or not. And it seemed that the instruments. In the background, weren't copying as much. They picked a groove, especially the guitars. They picked a groove and they sort of stuck with it in order for the for for the bass to be heard um, a little more so than other tracks, which I think said more for this yeah. because. I love this bassist. It's incredible. I want no, to hear
1: yeah. as much of it as I can. It's definitely one of one of the yeah. most fantastic bassists we've heard. Yeah. Definitely it's one of the, this year. And even s- the high,
0: higher quality musicians we've heard. Yeah. Just to put that out there. Yeah. And even so, I'm not impugning the, the guitarist. I think the guitarists is actually incredibly tasteful. The um, two to they're three not they're not guitarists s- yes, perhaps. Guitarists yes. S- 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 I think. But um they're not. They're not sitting up there doing Jimi Hendrix work, and thank God, because I don't want masturbatory guitar in this. That's where the post rock element here comes so much in handy. Right. It, it it creates
1: tone. I mean, I like masturbatory guitar as much as the next guy in certain places, but as, as a whole, especially in a flow of music like this, it just would be so out of place. It, you know, and the bass is able to kind of take a forefront without being masturbatory. It's yeah. just being complex and. Talented. Right, and even, even the vamp that the
0: guitars chose to play over that bass solo or line, even that vamp is incredibly complex. So, again, there's is, this is no, nothing against these guitars here. Um, I will say that's a saving grace for this song, which is why I'm very much on the fence with it.
2: Uh, I, While his... And I have to reiterate, while the bass is just so good and that's something I can focus on, but sometimes it just bleeds a little bit too much... Of the tropey nature, of the of the tried and true nature, that I gotta, I, I take a little bit of a step back. I still don't know a hundred percent on how
0: to take this song. I can see that, and that, that kind of leads me to my final thought here. I mean, when you consider all these sections that you're discussing, I mean, for a couple of them, they're almost they're going into. It almost sounded like the Hannon exercises, which are are exercises that they teach piano players like early piano players, really, really early. They're just like these, these patterns of scales rising up and down, up and down. I could almost hear that in here, which is the kind of thing it, that metal loves to do. You pick a pattern, and again, you, you stick with it, <laughs> and it's, it's still impressive. The fingerwork, all very impressive, but you have to wonder where, what it relates to, and in the grand scheme of things, you know, where's your theme? It's, that is a prog element and i do think that they were on the better side of prog here fulfilling um expert new renditions of various individual themes if that yeah. makes any sense no yeah that, that, makes, actually, that makes
1: complete
0: sense yeah that's yeah, kind of
1: the best way to describe that's this actually track, where i'm coming from all right
0: yeah. all right then then there we go uh when it comes to other people's interpretation i think it's just that it could be especially for non-prog fans this could be a little bit of a hiring track i can yeah. understand that maybe not a lore for non-prog fans but for the ones who are this is like an acid trip
1: yeah so and then and then going from this track to the next one which is where for me as someone who's still getting acquainted with prog this is where i start to get the most engaged in the record like i'd like the stuff that came before but track five oracle this is one that hooks me i mean from the moment the song starts it's gorgeous it starts with a beautiful
2: soundscaping introduction. This was like a prog love song at this point. I yeah. love I love the idea of this intro goes into black metal, or near black metal style of that same soundscape.
1: It was an yeah. incredible interpretation. And also at the, at the top... It was about a this... minute long. Yeah. yeah,
0: about a minute long.
1: Well, the thing that Steve pointed out on this song is that it goes through five or six-ish movements well, throughout the whole song. That's
0: why I'm again, this this album as a whole takes a little bit of a parabolic nature here. It's really strong in the beginning. It may have taken a dip during the last the previous two tracks, but here it's on the on the rise to to start yet again. And that's because of of the way it plays around with structure yet again. We're not getting the same uh well, sure, I'll I'll use your phrase tried and true uh prog nature of, you know, sections uh, regimented measures of such and such measures of such and such. Yeah. Here it's a very creative breakdown. It you're getting legitimate. I would I would call it A B C. D perhaps, and then back to B over yeah. the course of this track. You really need to break this down into full on movements that and, are
1: related distinctly. And it really painted a picture. This is the first time the record really kind of starts to build a scene. More specifically, I called this song the hero's journey almost. It's just it, it. You've got this. Get this sense of a, a very loose story, and the song very much builds it. I mean, it, even later on towards the end, I think it was the C section that goes into this cheesy, almost eighties, 80s, eighties-ish sound. You said
0: I should step in here and say we really mean peace. We don't mean song. Yeah, it can't be a song. It's, it's, not it's hard at this point. No, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah.
1: But it's definitely it's giving track. you... <laughs> this track is definitely giving you this kind of sense of story and adventure for sure. It, it, this is where you see the adventure metal kind of yeah. sound. And I yes. will
2: definitely attest to that because while we have a beautiful, expansive soundscaping that it goes into a beautiful black metal soundscaping, which is a weird phrase to begin to utter, Part C, when the bass, and this is really one of the best parts he does, when the bassist takes a controlling function and really reigns in all the un- other instruments and becomes the not dictator but leader of this song and and the hero of this story it's one of the most amazing parts and i love in within this the c the d and the restatement of the b yep. it's him taking this firm grip and slowly letting out the other instruments yeah it and was and it's just so
0: beautifully done. It was really beautiful. I mean, of course, considering where we're coming from here, we're interpreting the the intro, the very sweet intro, as A. Um, B, in both the first statement and, and the reprise at the end, it's just, it's full-blown metal. This is like a 40-meter dash of, uh, of awesomeness. And it. I really love that transition that exists right there within B and C. I think that's really when the bass steps out, just like you said. And also... I think it featured some of the most inventive guitar melodies uh, in this track. That's the other thing. You actually have melodies here. There's, there's melodies interspersed, uh, whereas you can't really say that in every other instance. I know that's kind of strange. Like, of course, everything really has a melody in a way, but it depends on how you think of it. Like, it doesn't have the same prominence as you get, for instance, in an actual song. Right. Here, well, yeah. Some songs are more melodic than others. Of course. Um... But this transition was very melodic and, and excellently composed just between the rhythm, the bass, and and that guitar melody. It, it just, it worked. And, this is and when tra- it gives way to that C, gorgeous. The bass lifts it up into this groove that makes the C perhaps even a little more accessible than the B section because the B is so fast and so uh, 40 meter dash. Then you get this C section, which is something a little more follow-alongable. If that follows <laughs> if, you, if you follow along with that
1: yeah there you go and uh, this is the song i was alluding to when we were talking in the beginning about how the tra- tra- transitions in the early part of the record were a little not necessarily sloppier but definitely more abrupt this song is a testament to how good their transition work is how uh, they can change their sound on a dime and still make it work within the track <clears throat> yeah and this and, one the, this one also leaned a little more
0: towards the post rock again Yes, it, it had did. the metal elements, but it definitely leaned towards the post. It Did especially with the with the a uh, the, the B's are I, I honestly will say though are full blown metal. I mean, sure. it's, it's hard to really search for post rock in that, but th- they function. This is probably the best mesh I think between all genres. It's you know some of my other favorites have either settled in one or the other. This is really a showcase of all of them simultaneously.
2: And it also shows that this band works best when everyone is playing in the same meter but completely different songs. Uh There's one song later on where they really are just playing completely different songs (laughs) that work well together. But here in in, uh, Oracle, the bass is doing its thing. The guitars are rebelling against it, and they're rebelling in different ways. And it's it's that rebelling in the C section and the acceptance in the D section, where they, they, they calm down a little but do expand, that you, you realize that these guitarists really are not even comping at this point. They are. They were leading here, I they're, think. They're leading, but they're not full-fledged leaders here. Well... They were playing different songs. It depends. They really were.
0: Because D, D, I mean, especially from a classical standpoint, D, you really could consider closing material, where it's really trying to incorporate a lot of other things. Uh, And also, going back to those um, figurations, for instance, they were playing around with uh, arpeggiating out uh, suspended chords, I think, which was... uh, Matt interpreted that section as almost like the, the hero standing atop the hilltop, surveying the...
1: Decide. It was yeah. Uh, it was like wind blowing in the hair, ready to take on his adventure. You know, and then, then, and then the 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 second B section, or even. Yeah. To me, well, I mean, you might, it, you
0: might have to have sometimes a kind of an
1: '80s mentality when yeah. you think about some of this stuff, but it's but, it works. But that B reprisal right after really solidified that. Well, we're off. This is the adventure. Let's go. You know, exactly. we've got a we've got a land to free or exactly. evil to conquer.
0: And I don't think the the this B section is inaccessible metal. I think it's very very fun for
1: everyone. Oh yeah, it's definitely thing. very accessible. Yeah, um, and and honestly, it, it kind of. Even the 80s-ish one reminds me of an artist, Andrew W.K. He's well-known in the metal pantheon as happy metal or fun metal because most of his songs are very inspirational, very positive. And I could almost see him singing over something like this just because, you know, his style of singing... Promotes adventure and positivity and happiness, which right. there's there's a lot of in this track. Yeah,
0: that also has something to do with the fact that I think they modulated in in the D section, so yeah. you know, pushing this track along in that in that regard. Tonally is always very important, so I think that takes us to Evergreen.
1: So track six, Evergreen, Ooh. is okay. This song <laughs> is we, we should say at this point, all of the tracks on this record are fo- are five minutes or longer. I think there's well, one well, 4 there's minute a couple, and some four and a half, yeah. But all of them are somewhere between 4 and 5 minutes Or between 4 and 6 minutes This song Evergreen Is 1 minute and 41 seconds I remember exactly how long it is That's pretty
0: important to note This is all bass And I think it's just the one guy Mark Mitchell And whether he's doing it in one shot Not sure, whether he overlaid himself Not sure, either way the product is phenomenal And it's such a
1: breather and you compare this to the rest of the album. So this track might be one of one of the most emotionally impactful songs on the record. It's only a minute forty one seconds, but from the moment it starts, it's pulling at you, and it's it's taking at it all those heartstrings. Yeah, it's it's heartfelt. It's it's not necessarily depressing, but there is a low tone to this. It's heartfelt. Oh, but, here. but there's a sadness. I, I was, yeah,
2: I, I regarded it as terrible beauty. It is something that is just beyond mortal style of beauty. It's not just a beautiful woman or the birth of a baby. It is something greater
0: than that. It's something that is more of a natural idea. Yeah, I think the word you're looking for is transcendent. Yes, ineffable. Ineffable and transcendent. This All these song, things...
2: within the first five seconds, the first time I heard it, I was holding my breath... And tears were coming to my eyes. It was an nah. amazing experience. In fact, when we just listened it to uh, together, I was still tearing up. It was amazing that this a single a single instrument can could could do
1: that. In fact, this song is so powerful I would say even if and it doesn't but even if the rest of this album tanked and was terrible, which it's not, this song would still make the entire album worth listening to because it's just it's so powerful for such a short amount of time. I wouldn't want anyone to miss this. It says a a lot. And also, it speaks to everything that we've said about
0: the bass so far as being prominent. I mean, the fact that they made an all-bass track kind of important, kind of speaks to that. It's a dark lullaby.
1: And it's the easiest way I could explain it.
0: It's also a beautiful
1: breather to the record. It gives us a nice break. uh, One of the reasons
0: it stands out is not just the fact that it's a bass solo. Because you think, all right, how is he going to do a bass solo? The way he does it is through harmonics. Harmonics essentially function as... By using harmonics, he achieves the ambience that the guitars had been achieving in previous tracks. So, he supplies that himself. In that case, he's got all the tools at his disposal. He's got the bass, obviously, and then he's got punctuated rhythms, um, uh, punctuated, uh, sorry, notes in the in the mid range. All that's that's every range that you need to create a full song, and that's how he gets his lullaby. Combine that with a little bit of dissonance to make it. Not what I'd call a ditty. Definitely more complex than that. To bring the dark. Yeah, the to bring the dark nature. element to the forefront. It's, it it's fascinating. This I think is minimalism at its
1: best, especially amongst what we've looked at. This might be a top contender for best instrumental track of the year. It's definitely up there because it does so much with an instrument, and that's always impressive. To
2: there's me. a there's a possibility this this will end up being.
1: Uh, a contender for the most emotional track. Because, I mean, up it's, until this point, one of our most emotional tracks of the year was Honeybee, and that's mostly in the lyric work and the harmonies. You know, the music is important, but it's mostly in the lyrics and the harmonies. I have other emotional contenders, especially in, in, in
0: God Sticks, for instance, and to be honest, I felt a similar tone. For instance, uh, uh, the closing track on Godsticks' Invisid Conundrum, I, I had almost the same kind of release feel that I had during this track here. You get that cold sensation. It's mm-hmm. it's um, you know, it can be kind of a depressing thing to listen to, but to be honest, very moving. That's uh, where you want to be.
2: I will I will just say this track was an amazing idea of dualities of the beauty and the darkness. This was a breather that was just so intense and tension filled it was an amazing combination yeah. of so many different elements in such a simple way
1: and i thought also a brilliant follow up to oracle i think this is where you needed to go from a track that went through so many movements like that this this had to be we needed a wall of something to pull us through to the next half of the album and this wall of emotion definitely does it it functioned as the perfect intermission in that regard yeah so i think that brings us to the dark horse so the dark horse is another very emotional track, but on a different level. Steve said it within the first few seconds of this track. It has this kind of frantic, almost overwhelming nature this from is... the very beginning. Well, the
0: intro draws perfectly from the previous track at first, yeah. and then we get the frantic uh, uh, nature. It's um, it it's another one of those, you
1: know, all right, it pulls you in very softly, and then and then starts to really dive into the meat. It really gives you this sense of a dark horse, a you know almost riding on a horse back into battle almost kind of a thing,
0: even though I think they were they were pulling from the expression the dark horse, which is to mean a um uh the the unlikely person to succeed in in a battle, for right. instance uh the one you don't expect, you know,
2: but I will say this song for me took a little bit of a step back because it felt m- more expansive, and we were complaining about how something like Olive Tree and uh, Narrow Salient was a little bit constrained. This was just a little bit too far on the expansive side of things. This was setting up scenery as opposed to propagating a a more story-oriented song. And it felt less defined uh, because of that, and and it it took a little bit of a step
0: back for me. Well, here's the thing. I think a lot of things could be conceived as taking a step back, especially when you're following Evergreen. But I can't really fault this track in the same way that I fault those two. I think this was... To be honest, I think this was a ten-course meal in musical texture, which is similar. I do admit that is similar to what we said, especially, especially about Narrow Salient, that, you know, you're getting a lot of themes stated. But this was a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more cohesive, I think, to me. It wasn't... It wasn't so much that there were separate themes here, of course there were, but it was not about playing around with themes was about playing around with texture. They
2: took a lighter uh, hand in their approach to the actual chord by chord nature of the song. Yes. And th- but but that I I wasn't I don't want that at this point. Sure. They were taking, uh, I I, I wanted them to take their liberties. I want them to really be that heavy hand that I've come to now
1: enjoy. I, I disagree. I think but that they were came... heavy handed here in my yeah. opinion. The... I,
0: I I did enjoy that something that had to follow Evergreen. You knew that wasn't going to last, and I don't think the album would have worked if that did last. It's perfect that that was only a minute and some odd seconds.
1: I think this was the perfect follow-up to Evergreen, and I like how much heavier it got. I mean, I had said at one point while we were listening to it that this could have, if they threw Nathan Explosion over it, it could have been a Death Clock song, just with the power, the passion, <laughs> the heaviness of this song. Very funny to put it that way. Which but is,
0: I, I'll, I'll agree. I'll it, agree that
1: I was about to call this this track the, essentially the Beast Of the record. And it is, and it it has that death metal sound. It has that very intense, powerful metal. And I think it was a great follow up to Evergreen and also kept me very engaged. I don't feel that they were skimping on it. I don't feel that it was too expensive. I think it was just expansive enough. I think this was just big enough to also support that frantic feeling. Because you're never more frantic than in a huge, chaotic scene. Huge, chaotic scene exploring, like I said,
0: texture. It's all about patterns, shapes kind of taking th- that that you know that had an exercise thing that i pointed out in narrow salient mm-hmm. but making that the highlight when it, like because that was only a feature of narrow salient you know they would go into that and they'd pull into something completely different that did have a theme here they're playing around with stuff just like that but successively to the end that they do feel cohesive the very strange subtle thing but it really elevates this track by far over the others
1: yeah be- and it still has that strong bass work that we're oh, coming to the love best, now. Best bass outro, I think, actually, on the Yeah, album. the yeah. outro yeah. to out this no, track no, no. was incredible. The best bass
2: outro, but... Uh, the bass actually didn't come through as strongly as it had in the other
1: tracks during the bulk of it. But it didn't have to come through strongly to still not do its due and be supportive. It still Let's, was a but strong back. I have to point that out. It did have that that great outro.
2: Let's but be it, frank. It though, was weird. The that bass
0: has been nothing but in the forefront. We've we've been nonstop talking about the bass. This was a like guitar time. I no, think. but I'm saying yeah. No, it was a step. It was a step to the side. It was a
2: step back for the bass, and it was, it was refreshing for that. But I still I can't really get. I can't get behind that... You've that, just grown to love the bass so much. I really have, <laughs> and bass the bass is probably my favorite instrument, to be honest. F- my favorite modern-day instrument, to be honest, because of of the deep chords that it can do, the depth that it has in its sound. But it was a little refreshing to hear the bass take a step back and really hear the guitars come to the forefront. But it's, it's that fuel expansion of the song. I just... It it's a little bit
0: turned on me. I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't... I'm not 100% behind it. Well, it depends on what you're looking for in a track, and I can accept that, um, especially being that you have... I think I already have an idea of what you were looking for in mind, especially considering the earlier tracks. Um, for me, it's, it's sort of... No, I agree. It's not my favorite track on this album. I pretty much have made that clear. It's Atlas Novus. Um, that's for another reason that perhaps you don't see at this moment. So, again... Depends on what you're looking for. In yeah, we're moments.
1: getting kind of cyclic with this. It, essentially, it's, you know, we we yeah. do and don't like this track for I, very good reasons. I,
0: I got to state the facts, though, and at least in terms of blatant virtuosity, this album really just blows a lot of other stuff we listen to out of the water. Crazy rhythms. Really crazy. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, well, I guess this is a good point to move into our next track, Willow. Yep. So, Willow has this, from the moment it starts, kind of has this skulking. Noir-ish kind of sound, very harrowing, very eerie. Again, we we had these
0: words before, yet, but I feel it's kind of distinct here. Yeah, it yet, was
1: the creepiest it had been. Very creep,
2: yet slick, yet smooth. Very, very. That has to do with the chords again. Yeah, it was going. Yeah. There was really no abrasive nature in this intro, in, into the first major part of the of the piece. It was just straight. And level,
0: but turned, I mean, but skewed. It was weird. You could take and it enjoyable. two ways. You could take it two ways, especially from a chordal standpoint. <clears throat> you start off with a nice, safe G minor, and then again, we're working in two chord cycles. So your first is G minor. Your second, we go to an augmented chord, which I don't think we really have gotten, especially in such prominence on this album before. Augmented chord- chords are always kind of eerie. They don't have the the blatant sadness of minor, and they're not as They're not as textbook eerie, perhaps, as a diminished chord. Augmented chords are very strange things. But taken the second way, you might not see it as an augmented chord. If you consider uh, the E-flat to be the bottom, then we're working with an E-flat minor uh, 7th chord. Sorry, an E-flat minor raised 7th chord, which is equally rare. And by some people, it's termed the Alfred Hitchcock chord, which I think speaks
1: to your noir... um, Idea. I'd, yeah, that's. Yeah. Which was something that, you know, Steve had pointed out when we were listening to it. And it really kind of framed the song very perfectly. Yeah, and Alfred Hitchcock is, is always slick. so
0: <laughs> Always, yes. <yeah. laughs> there you are. And this had a, a single guitar playing uh,
2: in, in the first, after the intro, the first major section that was truly just well accented by the bass piano. There was a piano? I'm
0: trying to figure out if there was a piano. Oh, I don't think so. I think a lot of this is a very this this band has exactly the instrumentation you'd think it would have, and it's amazing that they do as much as they do. It was it sounded tonally like a piano though, which was amazing. We had a
2: similar uh, instance earlier in this album, but uh, it was that it was that single, almost lonely guitar being accented by the bass and backup, and uh, the, the 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 little bit of drum work that was going in there. And this actually gets expanded on, and it's when I realize that these slow sections are the really, really beautiful but intense parts and are being augmented with really fast strumming in the breathing stri- sections, which is
1: a, a huge flip in its in style. Yeah. But those breathing sections culminate so beautifully in the outro to the track. I mean, because they mix the fast and the slow towards the end. And it works so strongly. And this song also brings in... My favorite note on the record, and in a long time, a simple three-note progression that happens during the slower Somewhere part. Somewhere toward the B or C section, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, we
0: can, he's talking about an E, E-flat, B. Again, created just by the guitar that's almost uh, using that echo or, or synth-like effect
1: um Create this almost string-like effect, actually, and when those Synth, string, but really guitar, and when those notes happen, it's it's so emotionally impactful, which is the culmination of those slow parts. It's what they're going for, yeah, to kind of pull you in, and then the way they mix it together in the in the the second time they have the slow part they start with the slow and then bring in the fast guitars with it as well and give that kind of layered guitar feeling again even if there is only one guitarist or more than one it's it's and it still is coupled with
2: just some dissident tonal work that in in these uh slow downs that creates such high tension it's amazing work and i i, I just got to reiterate I cannot believe we got high-energy speed guitar used to slow us down.
0: Yeah, it's, and um, it's so refreshing to hear an idea like this. It's a strange animal, this one. Because you're really, I think even more so than other instances of this, you're getting a huge mix of a lot of the various features that we've described so far. In, in some ways, this really is the culmination, I think, of the record. Uh, and
2: it's also the culmination of the idea that the band is playing separate songs that they're playing separate parts yeah. that each of them has a specific role to do it's almost as if you have an orchestral setup where the violins learn one thing the horns learn another the brass learns a third and they play it together but they learn they're learning these things they're designing these things almost within a vacuum unto themselves I'm amazed that so many different
0: ideas are coming together so well here. That's the thing, especially if you were just to take that and isolate it toward guitars itself, then um, it's 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 bizarre, but but also kind of kind of frequent, especially for post rock bands because they use the guitar in a, in a synth like fashion to to achieve texture here. And I, I won't be that that strict here because certainly the guitar does at many times throughout this take a lead. But when you look at, you know, two or if there's three of them, again, not sure. When you look at multiple guitars playing simultaneously, I've heard instances, uh, especially in jazz bands, where you have three guitars playing at once and it's, it's a mess. They're competing for dominance and it's just a downright mess because they all want to be masturbatory. And that's well, that's the definition of what a mess is. So yes, that's true. Push it, putting that into over to this band, it's exa- the exact opposite. I, I've rarely hear so much tastefulness with the guitar, and a lot of that has to do with the style that to some extent, they invented. It's maybe not completely, but but at least in its application, it it sounds so original. It's a Rube
2: Goldberg machine, a series of random- uh, uh ideas and random events that when working in unison together create a, a product at the end. Just random things coming together that aren't really so random because one does lead to the next that leads to the next that at the end creates an end result of what you wanted. And for this case,
0: they wanted a smooth creep, well, and them, they did it. In the words of Buckminster Fuller, the universe is merely an aggregate of non-simultaneous and only partially overlapping events. I'm trying to remember last time I, I read him. He invented the Geodesic Dome. The... Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that guy. That real, was... He was a real kook when he wasn't, you know, inventing the Geodesic Dome. <laughs> and
1: then they did a Pauly Shore movie. Great guy. Great guy. And moving on to track nine. <laughs> Matt just walks away. I, I can't... You you both flopped your science penises on the table and I cannot compete. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> we went to Esoterica right there. That's true. Um, Sabrosa is a 32-second track. So this was clearly just a very, very much an intro track for The Traveler, which is the follow-up after it. Um, and John actually looked up what Sabrosa means. Which and it is,
2: is so appropriately named. Sabrosa is Spanish for pleasant or tasty, as in a tidbit. As in
0: this song, it was, it's, and, that's the, you're done. And that's you could not get any more straightforward from a chordal standpoint, this track. It's literally C major. Again, the same, we have, we have a little bit of connectivity here. As as an ambient sound, we have the same exact thing that we got way back in the Odyssey. You know, that, that very pleasant C major. Just, yeah. it's, it's there. That was in the first uh, soft section. And then we go to its relative, A minor. And it's just, like, such so a classic move, and we get that as, as what really serves as the intro to the final track on the album. Which is The Traveler. And it just cycles between those two chords, and it proceeds to do that in the real intro within the track, yeah. which
1: is a ditty. So, literally. yeah, the intro to this bizarre, track was bizarre. bizarre, yeah. It has that scratching sound of an old record player, and it has this ditty playing. When we were listening to it together, I audibly went, What? like i was confused because, because you're going it comes from that so-
0: c that c major a minor ambient sound and it gives way to the same two chords within this completely seemingly divorced but again the, t- the tones tie it together um I don't even know how else to describe it than what you did. Yeah, it sounds like an
1: old scratchy record. And then it goes into or probably like demo tape. the rawest and most powerful they've sounded on the record. Yeah. And I will, I will say this: this this song
2: I kind of divvied up a lot. I feel like this is an eight part song.
0: I didn't even. I. I can't. I can't with this track. Well, you know, no, it's I like when we say, got to Border Stomp on on uh, Godsticks, and we just kind of talked about it in a very general sense. I have broken up enough on this album. I'm not breaking up. I want to do this one. All right. All right. Because
2: this is this is the. And quick, you lead for what? this is the quick rundown, and I will start the whole thing with saying this is the best speed guitar on the entire album. Hmm. In 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 order, you have a high speed guitar followed by a deep, guttural metal. Your C section is a monstrous fusion of these two. D becomes a slow breathing, uh, breathing scape that is, is backed up with almost a space guitar and <laughs> some very deep bass. E is the high playful, sort of mirroring that first deep guitar. F is a guttural speed guitar. This gets a reprise in G with a chilly, oh God. a chilly pitched comping guitar. And then it goes into H, which is just a series of using all the original parts and just doing a weird, unusual, yet beautiful stalling effect.
0: I, I want to go on record as a disclaimer. I did not check his work. <laughs> but, it's, um... Like, this is... The, I, I, I had to break this one up. There's just so much going on here. I, I, I want to guarantee you, even just for, as if memory serves, that a few of those sections are probably are reprises, if not modulations of earlier sections. But yes. I don't know that for sure. It could be right. In which case, it's doing what a lot of other prog does. But, you know, I I didn't try to break down Narrow Salient in that way, for instance. That was a lot of different sex, uh, sectionals. I had to. But, when you has, have certain when, measures of something, I feel like you can't call that a full section. It's a subject again. In which case you have up to G subjects. <laughs> Maybe not sections. I, I, I don't had, know. I had to because that high speed guitar, which
2: I love when it first comes in and it's so playful. It's so much back and forth. Yeah. Then you get into that metal. When they bring the two together and do that fusion between the two, I was speechless at, at, at that sort of duality because this is, was one of the most intricate parts they did on the whole
1: album. This track kind of was a, a almost perfect uh, <laughs> uh, conclusionary track even though it was not one we were expecting to get. Especially considering the way it starts with that kind of scratching record and this kind of ditty and then the way it ends it fades out on just the record scratching as well. It kind of is very very much a wrap up of the and even in title, Odyssey, The Traveler, you know, kind mm. of this kind of wrapping together as far as naming yeah, so goes. You, you use the only words you can here. The the title names themselves. Yeah. Um, this but, is a summation.
0: But, no, it it is a summation. It's a damn good one, uh, especially in terms of form. You're getting a lot of very seamless transitions here. Again, nothing necessarily harsh. They do feel very tied together. Um, seamless blend from one to the other. And uh, the section, particularly, that you noted, I might, you might have pointed out as a, as a D, John, but uh, it felt like almost a slow jam at that point. Yeah. Yes. Um, before uh, going into the... You know, it's, it's, it's just a very pleasing track, I think. Yeah. It's what I wanted at the end of this. It had you all... Couldn't, you, you couldn't really end it with Evergreen,
1: no. for instance. Evergreen was perfectly placed. I think that this, this, uh, this record as a whole has a very solid structure. This, yeah. this song sort yeah. of has
0: all the... Archiverse theme, and we'll talk about that next. All, all the best elements from the
2: album, seamlessly incorporated. It's not yes. the best song, but it has all the best elements. And it's, it's because... I, I can't really consider it the best song because it's not one theme, one idea. It is the amalgamation of all the ideas.
0: But it really does an amazing job of bringing them all together. Yeah, the guitar is sticking the high range, the, high range, the bass prominent, and then uh, you, you do get a reprise at the end. And I, I just, yeah, it, it's not anything I hone in on specifically, I guess, for this record, but it, it's, it's great to behold. Want to wrap up? Yeah, sounds good. John, why don't you get us started? Oh, man, I still don't know what I'm doing here.
2: Um, okay, it's not Godstick's. We'll do that straight up. It is not the same 4.9 5.0 of Godsticks, but it is an incredible record. It's not a hundred percent either. That's that's the other the other thing. I do have a, a few issues with Olive Tree. I'm not fully behind Dark Horse or Narrow Salient... And Odyssey did have a disjoined nature, but in retrospect it is a great opening piece. Atlas Novus is just cool when it boils down to it. It may be the definition of cool to me, of that post-rock vibe. And Oracle is just a great combination of metal with soundscaping. Willow is the summation of, of, of five different songs played at once and Evergreen is a beautiful emotional journey I, I I really don't know where to put this because individually these songs are really really good but in this case i really feel like the summation is definitely greater and while we have one five-star song I don't know how many four stars we have here so I'm hedging I'm hedging right now trying to trying to figure it out hedge away it's not five, it's not four nine, it's not four eight, but it's really better than a four five. It really is. The the quality of the instrumentation on the worst parts is phenomenal. We're not saying Chick Corea jazz, but that's comparing apples and oranges they're both delicious not
0: necessarily i'm gonna just back on that that's that's not a bad comparison at all i honestly think jazz we take jazz virtuosity for granted we take exactly we take it for granted that's not but let's let's remember that we've had more than 30 years of, of solid prog work right now there there's virtuosity within that genre um as a product of excuse me, as, the, as a product of the genre as well as from an original standpoint. And I think these guys hit it fully. Yeah.
2: With the detractors, the the few little detractors, I will put this at a 4.75. It really is an amazing piece as a whole. Um, the issue I will say is this is going to be a hard thing for some people to get into because oh, of yeah. a lot oh, of complexity yeah. here this is something that you really try it really try it i'm not 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 doing the try by i know that's my wrap like up that.
1: don't step on my toes but i'm
2: saying like <laughs> if you can get through I'm on his waters <laughs> this is this is this is definitely a at least try once like god sticks like boards has been like the more technical songs, uh technical albums we've gone into.
0: Like Goldfrap was, this is something you have to try. Yeah, and I also don't think it's a um it's the full step. Yeah. I, I mean I mean I don't think it's the first sorry, it's not the first step. It can't be the first step. It would scare people away. <laughs> yeah. You gotta start off with all this stuff. I think Godsticks is a much more accessible in terms of the beginning. So. Oh
2: yeah, well Which is like- actually
1: why I rated it higher. It's yeah. because of that, that kind of Well, also with God Sticks, it's one of those things that because it had that kind of grunge, you know, sound and the very, very catchy lyrics, that that can pull people in on a very superficial level easily, and then they can experience the rest of it. But This Is This is just what it is. There's no easy in. You either accept it or not. And that's why the first track going the way it did affected me and John the way I think it did, because we kind of jumped in the deep end. With no swimmies and sank for a little while, yeah. until we kind of got our ground. Um, I mean, from a band that I've heard nothing by except this. I mean, I was impressed from the beginning as far as talent goes. There's a skill in in this band that we've we've pointed out. Just like we've pointed out, you know, um, um, Steam Power Draft has those incredible harmonies. You know, Blue October has an incredible singer. You know, or even the the insanity that was. Um, Lumberland by They Might Be Giants, these bands that have a talent and that they clearly know what they're doing within their environment, this band's no different even not knowing it's geography, I can tell that they're comfortable where they are and even with a new bassist, they're very much in their element in this record and and it's, it seems that way pretty much from Atlantis Novus on I mean, Odyssey still was a little rocky for me But from the second track to the end, I was on board. And I got even more on board as we hit the Oracle and on. I mean, from track five to the end, completely on board. And where John wasn't enjoying as much, I got pulled in deeper and deeper. I mean, the second half of the album for me is way stronger than the first half, with the exception of Atlas Novas.
2: I will say, yeah, the parts I didn't like aren't because I don't like it. They were pleasant to hear. I just wanted more of one thing or another or another thing.
1: Right. And so for me, I mean, I'm, I am I'm more or less agree with John. You know, not in his specific song picks. I think I'm a l- more along Steve's lines with that. But as far as the album as a whole, it's brilliant. It It is a brilliant record. There were moments where I kind of wish there were lyrics. You know, I'm glad that there weren't. But I mean, there. you know, I think Narrow Salient or even... Um, some of the later ones like Willow would have benefited from some kind of cool or, or clever or creative lyrics um, but but they still stand alone without them you know and it may give way to more imagination without the lyrics because you're free to picture and indulge as you would without being steered in a direction um, so yeah I think for me I think it's a 4.75 It's it's above a lot of the... Well... Mm. See, it's tough. I want to give it a 4.75. But there are things that just... I don't know. It doesn't get me to that next level. I mean, emotionally, for sure, it didn't. The whole album didn't. There were moments. But most of the album, I was just enjoying it. Like, my my emotion was enjoyment. Which kind of wants to make me bring it back to a 4.5. Because for me, it didn't get me to that, that step. You know, it's a 4.5 for me because there are songs that were fives. I mean, Oracle's, uh, not Oracle, Evergreen is a five song, a five star song, hands down. It takes me through a range of feeling. It takes me through that emotion and accomplishes what needs to in the perfect amount of time. It's a five star song. But as a record, it's a 4.5. I think it's as good as Steam Powered Giraffe, They Might Be Giants. I think it's as good as those bands. You know, God Sticks was hands down to me better.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing. I always started off with that. I always start with, here's the thing. Notice that? I've noticed that. Where
1: is it? Where's the thing?
0: It's in his mouth. Open up. Hey, woo. So, the thing. The thing is, with this album. I'm glad you mentioned the thing about um that thing. The thing about ratings and 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 emotionality. He has well, no idea. What oh, do I do? No, no. This, this I was this was um, this is not a stall. So what's your thing? The thing with emotionality, which Matt brought up, which is very important, is that I'm almost in line with you there. That's the strange thing. There are moments on this album that really grab me emotionally. Moments, moments, and those moments really they do. They grab they grab me by the horns. If I had horns, it would. The thing is, you have to kind of weigh the pros and the cons in the end. You have to look at simultaneous things and amongst the things that we feel that sometimes we represent, for instance, musicality, virtuosity, uh, just flat out uh, lyrical quality, uh, poetry. And of course, those things are absent here, but the musical quality remains. And then, uh, of course, emotionality. Sometimes they work in tandem and sometimes they don't. But I think a rating of a full album really comes down to what what overtakes the other's importance at any given point. That's really how we rate in the end here, and I'm still in the friends of whether I'm going to to let it go that way or not. Because after all, I do think that the virtuosity is is almost more important than the emotional element here which is to say that the emotion element, even though not every single moment... To talk specifics, the the, the straight-up, fast-paced metal moments. It's hard to really say that that's going to grab me an emotional level, but the thing is, that achieves different things for different people. I understand that for real metalheads, that is, as I said, just an acid trip. That's that's an emotion in a way. I mean, if it makes you feel the, the raw power of something, the raw energy, that's a form of, of emotion in itself. When it comes down to me in the end... I am just more drawn by the post-rock elements, and the post-rock elements, especially in talking about the 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 band's genre itself, I kind of described it as post-rock-infused prog metal, and that really puts it more in the prog metal atmosphere. The post-rock is there, and it comes through most in Atlas Novus, and I'm willing to say Atlas Novus is just a five-star track for me, easily, because... Not just because of the post-rock elements itself because of the new and fresh use of it It was so original in what it did that use of that bend it, you know, that puts me through the clouds Uh, Similar effect with evergreen as you know in its execution as a lullaby also that that holds the same emotionality Um, the rest I really enjoy. I really, really enjoy, and I admire its technicality. From a musical standpoint, I could have a field day with this album. I did, kind of. And uh, I I will be having more of a field day as I get deeper into it into the future. So this is definitely a re-listen, absorb myself into. But when you compare it against what we just discussed, God Sticks as, I guess, our, our number one prog band, which was a hell of a prog band for me to bring on as the first prog band I introduced to you guys. The thing is, They incorporated the next element. They incorporated the it factor. The it factor that ties the album together and simultaneously brings emotionality into every single waking moment. It's, well, it's phenomenal. It's the only reason that that stands as my only five I've ever given. I have to accept the detractors here, the separators, the the divorcees, (laughs) the certain sections to section basis. And that does lower me to about where you guys are. Um. I do think, though, virtuosity-wise, they probably possess more technicality than any other band we've looked at. I would put them um, perhaps only on the same uh, caliber as Chick Corea himself. Um, And I think those are the most technical, most virtuosic bands. In which case, that takes over a little bit. So, I will put it just slightly above you guys. 4.8. Okay. And, Matt, do this... Do the sum up. So,
1: I mean... Oh, yeah, you're, you're uh, a... <laughs> see, this is... Buy it. <laughs> the, well, but see, but this is tough. I mean, I you know, I, I, I kind I of... I know how. I, I kind of base the sum up, you know, on other things that I've watched and indulged in. And, you know, the idea of, you know, uh, burn it, listen to it, buy it. Is is this kind <laughs> burn of... Burn it, set it on fire. <laughs> That's is what it means, right?
2: this, one, this one, I will say, if you're... A metal fan, a prog fan, or a post rock fan. Buy. Bye. Yeah, that's kind of straight goes straight by. Saying. Yeah,
0: if but you, I think the I can you see disdain this. pop. Definitely listen. Within a circle, I see this hitting the five marker on so many regards. Yes. So, so for me, uh, well, I'm, I I'm looking at it from a very, very broad standpoint, the, and in the end, a personal standpoint.
1: And we like to point out the specific fans, but the overall thing is definitely listen to this. Yeah. Yes. The overall rating, the simple rating, is listen to it. It's definitely worth hearing. You know, if you are a fan of the specific genres, then definitely buy it. Just like we said, even with a band like him, if you like him, it's, you're gonna go buy that record. The only yeah. reason why but it's not a straight
2: across the board buy is because of the interior intimidating factor of the
0: actual This is going to be
1: way tough for mainstream audiences to just pick up and listen to.
0: It's as I said, this this is using this is following in the footsteps of many other prog bands that had had put such, you know, virtuosity on the table beforehand. And this is taking that and advancing it. Which is why the chicorya comparison is insane. It, it's 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 exactly akin to jazz in that regard. Jazz yeah. was always following on on top of like the previous people and building on that and making things ever more complex and sometimes to the, to its fault ever more inaccessible, which yeah. means you need to start from the beginning and work your way up. This is really kind of in that field. I love it, but I have experience with prog. Um I also want to put it out there uh, because I forgot to say it at the beginning that this band was introduced to me by my good friend James Agnello, and I heard it in the car, and it's it's been it's excellent to listen to. There, I, sadly, we're you know we're doing a lot of talking over it, but there are moments where you just have to shut up and focus. This is a deeply focusing kind of album. Four point eight, all things considered, is a really, really, really high rating. Yeah, but of when course, you average sure. that with I Your four point seven fives, right? It'll be one of our well, highest yet. Four five. Four I give it a four five, five. eight. So oh, about right. a four seven rating. Yeah.
1: And for me to put anything over a four or five, you know, it's probably gonna right. And some magic and, to and, it. and considering fair. the way we all described it, the ratings seem pretty apropos for our rating styles. Um, I also just want to say at the top or at the bottom of this album review as well, is this is the first record in a long time that's not featured on Spotify. Um, I'm very thankful for what Steve's done with the website and the work he's done to. Add the Spotify app to make it easier for you guys to listen along. That was my idea. I've discovered it, but Steve really made it happen. And unfortunately, this week, you can't do that. For whatever reason, it's not on Spotify. Should so be, It should be on Spotify. And hopefully, I mean, they do change these things from time to time. So, so
0: hopefully, I'll, I'll keep looking at it if at one point in the future it goes in Spotify there. Otherwise, please do find it any way you, you see fit. I will, <laughs> yes. say, I
2: will say, I found at least
0: three or four of the songs on YouTube. Oh yeah, there you. Oh, why am I kidding? Bandcamp, minute... Bandcamp, please yes. go to Bandcamp. Yeah, to, uh, maybe I'll link that. I think I'll link that. You should later. link but that. I want to draw back a little bit. You got to follow along with us.
2: This is the lead into our topic, but we're gonna go back and say we didn't talk about one, well, technically two major elements with this album, and that's theme and arc, and these are words that we bandy about a lot, and this is also
0: words that we kind of use synonymously that aren't yeah we shouldn't necessarily use them synonymously it's easy to see how that could play because this goes back to how we think of an album and we do tend to think of the album as a unit however you take that we've, we've discussed this before how you could take an album to mean a compilation of tracks that follow a simple theme such as the commonly used example you know beatles love tracks on early beatles right yeah and and of course the Polar opposite, the full on concept album. These are things that follow distinct themes, and maybe arc is inherent sometimes within that, and then sometimes not. For instance, you can have a great theme, but when you look at it from the first moment of the first track, the last moment of the last, does it leave you with something that promotes that theme to a really elevated level? We, I'd look at it this
2: way, and this is just my, my opinion of what the differences are. A theme is a unifying element throughout an album. Uh, theme work would be the idea of a steampunk automaton in Steam Powered Giraffe. or well, that's the a straightforward theme. Exactly. You can or, look at it
0: more subtly than that. But.
2: Or the theme of... Uh, Various vocal frequencies we had in Boards of Canada. But an arc, an arc actually propels itself from point A to point B.
0: Yeah, I think I want to hone in on that. It's more of the story. And for me, Boards of Canada had a very distinct arc from his theme work. This is episode fifty-four, and we reviewed their album Tomorrow's Harvest, which was, well. Of course, you can go back and listen, but just as a quick summation, it explored lots of techno theme work available, as was available in the late 70s, early 80s. You're looking at sort of the uh, the, the stride of the synth at this point, as it was really um, becoming prevalent in a lot of other places. But at the same time, you're looking at strange things, you know, the kind of things that they would use it for at the time, such as as, as computers become more predominant. You're looking at... Potential apocalyptic scenarios that result from that. Um, of course, the space age. All these themes that were coming from that that really tied, again, an instrumental album together. And that was the differences between
2: its
1: theme and its arc. Well, I also feel like arc... Well, that's, we'll get into arc in a second. I feel like with arc also, arc is more tied to a... Or, uh, either, it doesn't have to be very the specific, st- but a story. Yes an arc is a story and I've been blabbing about this record for weeks and if the two of them would finally listen to it we could blab about it together so I'll just blab about it by myself for a bit say for the dark Lords new record sick passenger has a very strong narrative which promotes the arc there's a theme as well of uh, um you know of self-destruction redemption and and and, and learning to live but the arc I mean it the way the track the the album is built is as if He's in a therapy session and going through the, through the therapy using the songs to punctuate it. And it, it's a really strong arc. But here's the thing. Those two aren't mutually exclusive. Correct. When you look at
0: arc, arc is almost tethered to story in some regard because yeah. the story will entail arc. So yes, you have arc in that regard. But when you don't have a story, arc is a much broader term. Sure. When you're just looking at, at a, a loose theme, then arc is something th- really kind of vague. You have to really hone in on on what constitutes uh, a good follow up, a bad follow up, you know. And this is really going to change from person to person. But I think in the end, you know, you're going to have some consensus about it. You know, does it leave you on a good note in the end? Do you want to be left on a good note considering the
1: thing? These are things that come to or art. things that could leave you on a bad note, but that's a good thing.
0: Yeah,
2: and there's one album we did, Kvecker, that was a- Sigaros Episode Sixty. Was a major arc that only really barely touched upon the theme, and that was the idea of the be-all end all time-spanning history of Iceland. That's how I yeah, viewed it. Yeah, as, as, and how, that as was, how you viewed it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> how, that's, may that's, not. that's what I saw. Yeah. That's what I think as the arc, but it doesn't really touch upon the theme work that was involved in it. It was a. It was really a separate element and yeah it was, which, which a story. was the seven
0: element the, the arc or the theme
2: the theme the theme that they were going okay. for was different than this overreaching arc of history of iceland and it it's it's different because arc a lot of times doesn't actually touch upon the music itself that's that's the thing you, you really want to say theme oh in... i i would disagree with that but i want to hear your point first no arc arc can be separate from the music it can just be an idea that you're
0: trying to convey over the time of the album. Hmm. See, now we're getting into the interesting stuff here, because that, that to me is more theme. If an idea that you want to convey, you're looking at, at, at uh, straight up story material. or, or No, no, or, or something as vague, perhaps, as, as the Boards of Canada theme. It's not really a story, but, you know, 70s, 80s, electronica, synth themes, um, early space age, that kind of thing. That's, that's a theme. Even though it's not a story, it's a theme, but that doesn't necessarily guide the arc. The arc, I think, could be something that is purely musical, and I think that's kind of what we got here today. That is true, but in a lot of
2: cases, arc can be divorced. And I will say, with Boards of Canada, their arc was a series of mini arcs of apocalypses, and it was sept- well, all right. It yeah. was mini apo- It was mini arcs of apocalypses.
0: But In, the thing is, when you look at the arc of the whole of uh, Boards of Can... Of, of Tomorrow's Harvest, I don't think... Like, some of those tracks, you have to admit, could have been rearranged. I don't think yeah, every... little like, extents here and there, but it's still... I, if I remember, it was a particularly long album. Yes. And, uh, you know, there were some really standout tracks for me, such as uh, Jacquard Causeway. Yes. You know, like, that was one of my absolute favorites on that track, because I, I felt like the inner-city, urban urban decline almost, or, or or just cacophony at the same time. That is a mini-arc, just like you said. But it's tough because that could have easily been the last track or the first track. There's nothing there that really that. says you the know arc of the that. album.
2: Well, that's why uh, I'm saying with Boards of Canada specifically, it's, revisit more, our podcast. <laughs> it's more like a series of mini-arcs. Okay, another example of an arc... Uh, of overreaching arc of a single unified piece. Uh, if we keep, we always go back to these guys. All American Rejects, Kids in the Street, last year,
0: the arc was The different Kinds of Love. Okay. But no, 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 no. See? Distinction. The theme was Different Kinds of Love. But in the end, I think we all felt that the arc of the album really helped that theme. It pushed it forward a little bit. Such yes. as okay, the placement yeah, right. of affection. You're yeah.
2: right. You know what? I'm actually going to reverse we'll be, it. Well, a because... Arc, at... I, you know what? You're right. The theme and arc, I got reversed. I really do have them reversed.
0: I'm looking at them opposite of how we usually use them Our right now. It's a broader term. Here's the thing. Yeah, we, we don't really get to... In fact, I'm really glad we got this when we did, and that's why this is a very appropriate uh, discussion for today's album, is because we do tend, when we're listening to albums to start writing our own narrative. Sometimes we follow along with the narrative that is already there, but if we have something as vague as as boards, you know, then we start writing our own. Um, I could easily see maybe three other podcasters on the exact opposite side of the planet sitting, listening to that podcast, making up a completely separate story. Perhaps. We don't know, because we're pretty sure about it. Especially regarding the the sounds they were using, it's hard not to think of the time period and to think of certain themes. But you never really know. We are writing it ourselves. That's a form of impressionism. But today, we didn't. And I'm proud of ourselves that we didn't really
1: write our story. And there's some albums that have a clear story that you can't kind of make up your own and those are those are intentional
2: i want to bring up last week arctic monkeys which had two distinct ideas i found at the end of it one is the Uh idea of traveling through different styles of music throughout time and the other one was the night of debauchery what what's the theme what's the arc are they both themes are they both arcs how would you define those Hmm.
0: either of you because i i really don't know right now the Night of Departure. I mean, those are themes. Yeah. I, I think even I felt that last week, you know, there... Yeah, something could be a good intro, but I don't think it was one of the best arcs that I've ever heard. Yeah. It was It was a passable arc I think, for uh, the themes. No, no, no. I'm, for the themes that you mentioned. But okay. again, that's the thing. Those themes, especially those themes. Those are, uh, they're both themes. You're some, saying some of those as well. Yeah. Just like boards could be just as vague. Again, that's that's you're writing the narrative. Yeah. That's that impressionist philosophy of impressing your own idea on top of a piece. A piece can stand alone. Those kind of pieces can stand alone without that. Except for a track, maybe like a loop read Like, I obviously the message was that music can heal all. Yeah. Um, that was pretty apparent, but.
1: But still, the the sh- even last week even though yes you had that kind of loose theme of music going from the past to the present i still feel like some of those tracks could have been rearranged and it would have discounted that theory but still might have supported your theme of well, I'm the, not, I'm not the pottery i'm just saying right. like
2: my ideas not necessarily that they're right or wrong but my
0: ideas were themes yes
1: they were not arcs yes okay yes. cuz
0: arc is more heavily dependent on track arrangement And I think sometimes, especially considering Sigaros, um, Kvaker, the arc is, is important in that Impressionist factor, where the arc, because of the arc, you begin writing your own theme. Right. Or like, for instance, if the fire had appeared at the, at the end or the middle, you might not have come up with an idea of the history of Iceland. The fire really has to come at the beginning for you to even have that theme, period. Right. Well, that's just so like that's that's the connection, the close connection between the two, and that's the narrative. If yeah. you have a story, then obviously well, you have an arc. I, I mean, that's a theme and an arc where they're just married. So when you're talking about concept albums, that'd be really bad if no, they're yeah. separated. If you're writing your end at your beginning, unless
1: you're pulling a uh, um, uh, what you would call it memento deal. Right. <laughs> well, again, that's why, like I said when I was talking about Sick Passenger, it's an arc because that, song could, that album couldn't be in any other order. Between the skits and the tracks between each skit, it has to be in the order it was made, because it's a concept album.
0: Yeah, even going back to the 50th episode special, we talked a lot about, um, you know, does a story have to be written a certain way? Of course it doesn't. So It depends the on the kind of the story you're complex. trying to tell. Exactly, exactly.
1: If you're trying to stel- tell a straightforward narrative, it has to be in order. But if you want a narrative that resembles, me- there's no reason you couldn't make a musical memento and or, make or Eternal Sunshine or anything, right? Like where there are
0: bizarre sequence of events that can still uh, describe the same theme.
1: It would be more All difficult, right? but it's still that definitely would still achievable. would Be a
0: great arc. Absolutely, it's just, you have to feel it in the end. You have yeah. to feel that that manner of telling the story really helps the theme in the end.
2: Okay, that that is giving me inspiration. To do an electronic album that tries all that stuff and just
0: starts causing people to spontaneously combust. All right, well, <laughs> like their heads on fire. I'm glad we're talking about this because, as I said, I'm I'm I I love this this topic of conversation particularly just because um you know arc versus theme uh, when you don't have the narrative and that's I think what I really want to focus on uh, for the end here is is when you lack the blatant narrative such as is present always in an instrumental, then what do you have? How do you define theme? Are you defining theme through arc? Or does the arc just take on a theme of its own and theme is is in the eye of the beholder? I did see some theme work for today's album and possibly
2: a full-fledged arc. I'm still working on the ideas, but it's it's the idea of the post-rock elements being used as heavy emotional pieces to be broken up by the death metal elements the black metal elements and things like the, that and i i feel like there's something on the cusp of my tongue and i might come back to you it's looser with some
0: you've, you've had stronger
2: ones no but yeah, I'm, try. I'm, i I feel like there's something on the cusp that i'm going to find upon repetitive listening here and i'll bring to the table at a later date i just feel with this record like i come with, up with something at
1: the year end you
0: workshop it yeah with, workshop
1: with, it. with this with today's record specifically i mean as far as art goes i feel like some of I feel like there are certain tracks that are locked in in the arc. The first, last, and middle tracks, Odyssey, Evergreen, and The Traveler, they're locked in place. They couldn't have been anywhere else on that record. I agree,
0: especially even, even you know, that the divorcing, sudden, jarring sections that you get in Odyssey yeah. I think really work in the grand scheme of things. Because this album, it's as I said, and this was incorporated in my rating, it's not pretending to be, you know, an intro... Introductory uh, Prague album or anything.
1: It's not intending to be. This is Prague.
0: It, it's it's kind. Of, it's high art.
1: This is this not Prague 101. This is Prague yeah. advanced Prague level 900. Yeah. Like. this
0: is in in old school times they would call this high art. In which case, that that shift you need to take in context of the rest of the album. It's 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 shocking you up front. That is an important part of the art.
1: But saying what I had said about those tracks in those positions yeah. there are other tracks within the album that I felt could have been almost anywhere perhaps then this becomes an album that proves the rule uh, there's no arc there's not much of a theme I can't say no arc the, no after what I just said there we, is we, some arc Matt just said, no, we, no, we've, but we've, no, cl- we've no
2: clearly, clearly had
0: better arcs no, but there's this no, is very strong there's
2: no heavy defined arc there's no heavy defined theme yet it's still a, a monstrosity of a quality piece Oh, I feel like you're
0: going back in yourself. No, I yeah, really... theme theme we'll put in the table. Theme, theme it's I instrumental. That, so I think theme is interpretive. There theme is interpretive, but, but it's it, no it, it being something that we really just
2: don't care to have a theme. But how, to how have can arc, you make that claim about Mark? No, no,
0: regarding I'm saying what we, just we don't
2: said. care to have a. Th- because but you're I don't saying think, theme weird no, fucking. No, because arc. I don't think those songs need to go there. I think Odyssey should begin it. The traveler should end of it, but the
1: rest of it can be changed. But that just saying even that, that there was an inter-track and an end-track that can't go anywhere, still proves that there's some semblance of an arc. You can't say there's no arc because you're saying that. It, so there's a beginning and the end, but the rest of it don't matter? So that so means. So well, let's I'm pull, saying
2: because let's pull of that. Hold
0: back just a little bit, because after all, and even yes, we agree that arc, arc is interpretive. If if John does not feel that they go in those particular places, then sure, maybe he doesn't feel the same way about Ark as me and you do. But then and, again, and okay. then again, we're talking about emotional element here too. We're not just talk. I don't think arc is just about track placement. I think it's about the overall, well, emotional arc, which you could consider separately or you could not. In which case, uh, ha- are you satisfied with with the taste that leaves in your mouth at the very end? The, the journey that it took you through from the first track to the end? Yes,
2: but there are, I have issues with the journey. I do have All issues right. with the journey. You have hiccups. I you do. Just <laughs> think hiccups. It, it does turn sour for me. Not just in quality, but in the actual placement. I don't know why they went this way when
0: they went that way. And, and I agree I with you. But to me, that's just that's points off of the arc. But we've had worse, and we have, we've had better. You can't say no arc. We've had very, okay, very few that's, albums that have no I'm arc. That's something I'm trying to correct, and you keep interrupting me. And I want to go back right, and say... Right, go
2: back. I made a mistake. I'm not saying that there's no theme, no arc, or anything like that. I shouldn't have said that. That's wrong. What I wanted to say was, this was an album that proves the rule. We rate so heavily on theme and arc. Wow. And in this case... It became a non-entity for us looking at it. It really was not a deciding factor. There was just... I disagree there. I arc was important for me. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me at all. And you know I love arc. You know what? I love theme work. You know I love con- uh, connectivity between them. So right. for your rating system, it's the album it was, that proved the rule. It was the album that proved the rule.
0: Okay. It was the
2: one that said, "Who at this point,
0: I didn't even care it was that good. Alright. Actually, it's no, that, that, says, that says a lot in its favor in that case. And after all, that's what I said even when we got to the end of our ratings, is that sometimes you have to look and see what what overtakes, it was, what category overtakes another category like in terms said, of importance. Yes, and that's it, like I had yeah. said,
1: emotion took over for me right. and there wasn't enough. And it was, so magic. Said, it was magic. That
0: said, let me just bring up one other thing. You want to talk albums that have no arc, at least where I'm coming from, just two weeks ago, Everlast. Oh well, it was a little more than two weeks because of our gaps. But two, two episode sixty-five, ago. Everlasts, um, Everlasts, the Life Acoustic, for me was arcless to some extent. Well, yeah, well,
1: that was well, because it was a compilation. But
0: th- that's important. But it was not really. I mean, it wasn't advertised as a compilation. It didn't have the big bold stamp words "Compilation" on the front of the
1: album. No, of course. But I mean, the only thing, the only compilations that do have that are greatest hits. Everything else, there are compilation albums. That function as a compilation that don't have an arc. The,
0: yeah, but at the same time, this kind of did hurt it a little bit for me. In but this that's case.
1: specific to that album, yes. It's
0: specific to that album, and it's specific, yeah, and it's specific to me in the end. Right. And um, to some extent, the only but, real theme work was acoustic. Well, no, really we had we anything... had a couple of other things for theme. For instance, the idea like, of of. I guess being middle aged and looking back on sort of forlorn love experiences, there was a little and bit of that. Struggle. And also observation. It was a multitude of themes, which of course is why but you they get were away very, with con- yeah, compilation were, in that regard. But they were kind of minor by comparison to the idea of acoustic. They're, they're sparse.
1: Yeah, they're. Um, they're light dollops. But see, that's <laughs> also. <laughs> that's, good. that's another example of how, for me, that, that lack of theme and arc. Oh, no, there was theme. That theme, lack of arc. Lack of arc. The lack of arc didn't matter to me as much, whereas it did heavily impact both of you. Yeah, and I think that's the rule that John's trying to prove is that yes. is that theme and arc won't always matter. It
0: won't always matter, but just as I said back to the category thing, when one it's category what overtakes matters another, most the reason I, I rated that low was because there was like when you really consider that against the other things I was looking for, I wasn't seeing I wasn't seeing much of what I was looking for. I was, right. I was scrounging for the cat within the categories. Right. Um, yeah. But hide the kitchen knives was so much the opposite direction and well that's the straight up narrative but interesting interesting especially considering we had the theme for hide the kitchen knives uh paper chase episode 29 really getting good with this reference thing but um especially considering we had the theme for that we had the straight up theme we were even told by our guest wall street players that it was about yeah the wrath of of a man against his 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 wife and the the desire to perhaps kill her again hide the kitchen knives yeah. so it was pretty apparent that wrath but even so you could have done that in any order perhaps but not not no. not that that album you could have that album the theme take the album away for a second and just consider that theme how would you have written that story if i just gave you that theme and said here write a book right based on this theme you may not have written it the have... same way
1: that they did well you could start a but story them... like that with the murder first yeah, and then go backwards as to what happened to tell the story yeah. from and the narrative. And a lot of multi-interpreted Actually, uh, for that album also. With yeah. that,
2: with that album, I recently listened to it again, and I really did remember and, and and realize it is a circle, a full circle. That album, you can almost start it at any song, and then end start on the... at seven and end on six, going around start on 2 and end on 1. It's an amazing piece. You can start the arc wherever you really wherever you really
0: want to and it it changes the story but not much. It's circular but then you you can't You can you begin can't with re- any ending. reverse the orders. Yeah. I mean you sorry you You got to go in order but to, right. but you can start anywhere and end and just behind it's it. A perfect circle. That's that's very interesting. I didn't notice that but now I'm going to have to re-listen to that to find out. It was out. very
2: so. especially when you hear the final track, listen to the final track and go straight into the first track and you will be surprised by its connection. Definitely.
0: Um, there's, uh, I guess, only one more thing I want to discuss. For instance, uh, granted, we've 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 talked about this in terms of uh, Boards of Canada now, an all instrumental album that we sort of wrote the theme, even though there are perhaps themes there just by the sound itself, and that that's that's where I want to stem this from. Again, trying to get it more instrumental oriented, closer to what we got today. And perhaps even further in the future, um when I eventually pull some classical and bring that in. I mean Electronica, instrumental prog, classical, I feel like they're all cut of the same of the same rub. it's it's they follow from this impressionist idea and it has to do with one of the reasons why they never used to name uh pieces. That's why you get things like, oh, Beethoven's fifth sonata. Didn't need any naming. I love movement the, one, movement, movement too, two. Yeah, some things are named, and like you know, the Napoleonic Symphony. Okay, yeah, he wrote that for. That's loose. That's almost like a tribute, and then he scratched the name out when he didn't like Napoleon anymore because he went on invading people. It's a true story. Um, but otherwise, you don't get much in the way of names. They really, really stressed the music should speak for itself. That's something that's not found as prevalently today, but it's still there. Kind of depends which school of thought you want to go by. A lot of people are very lyric heavy, and I appreciate that. I love it. It's just not always where I want to be. Right. You know, for in a case like you know Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, when you're talking about the rap genre, it, it it's inescapable, and because it's inescapable, that's that's great for that. You can't yeah. you can't take it. That's the, and again category uh category ranking at that point you really need to focus on theme if the if the instrumentation is a little bit subpar in the air, well, does it really matter in the end for what it's really going for? Right. Um, Although it'd help. But, back to instrumentals, I mean in the end, what do you what would you feel about something that lacked titles for instance? If we didn't even have the title to go off of if we didn't interpret anything from the word evergreen or the word the dark horse or even a title on the album itself, how would you take it? Uh, well,
2: Evergreen I listened to the first time. I did not know its name. In fact, most True. of these, okay. because I listen on headphones, I'm not in front of a computer, and because when I start listening to an album, I'm pretty much just listening straight through and not going to be stopping or changing or anything like not that. Not staring at any words. I'm anyway. not, I rarely actually yeah. read the titles as I'm listening. So, <laughs> Until I actually, good, actually do some definition on it, or I'm just so enamored with something that I have to know what it is so I can go back to it. Like when I was done with Evergreen and catching my breath, I read the title and was like, Evergreen, okay, I'll remember that. Mm. And that's what I needed to do so that I can go, let me just listen to this because I want to feels. Or <laughs> let me listen to this because it was hysterical. But for the first, first go, I never, li- I never read anything. I try not to. That's, that's respectable.
1: See, for me, it's interesting that you bring up the track names. And this is a good way place to kind of wrap up the podcast. But for on my side of it, at least, it's... I've always wanted to know the track names whenever I listen to something track by track for memorization purposes. It had literally nothing else to do with anything other than I'm listening to a new record, I like it, I want to be able to refer to something by name. And that comes from my encyclopedia knowledge of music the reason i can quote artist and song when i hear something in the radio in a department store it's because i've spent my life every time i bought an album oh this is that track okay that's over oh now this is that track it it's mm. had little to do with wanting to know the arc i i only kind of got that clear vision or at least if it was it was unintentional so for me you're that, you're a track man <laughs> I, I, Well, I like the tracks having titles However, still, if the music's strong enough And I believe this, it'll speak for itself I don't need a track I'll create my own if I want to I mean, look at it, here's a great example And Steve will understand this one John a little, but Steve definitely will Reggie Watts Reggie Watts is a comedian and musician who improvises 90% of his music In those songs, he has lyrics that he comes up with on the spot And certain beats he comes up with on the spot People will come up to him after Like, at future shows and say, hey, I love, the ta- I love your song, Handbag Song. And Richie Watts in his head will go, what the F is Handbag Song? Because uh-huh. he doesn't have titles for these tracks. But people create their own. He, he's a funny one just because he's improvisational.
0: Uh, it's almost a little separate in that regard, but I see your point.
1: Uh, the point I'm trying to make is still music will, in the mind of the listener, allow you to create what you're looking for. Agreed. I, I Okay, I, Steve, did you bring this up? Because you read the Wikipedia
2: page of uh, uh, Scale the Summit and realized that they actually write their music. This is what they do. This is what they were quoted doing. They write their music, produce their music, listen to it in the studio, and then come up with their titles. They actually, I actually have to get the completed product before they start. it. I did not
0: bring it up for that. I brought but it up because exactly, it, it was a question I wanted to know about how you feel about that kind of thing. I I'll, I'll a, tell you my opinions on it in a second. But that's fascinating. And yeah. to be honest, I mean, as an aspiring musician, I kind of work the same way. Titles are very big afterthoughts. They have to, they really have to be what I feel based on but the they, music once I listen to it.
2: They they specifically say that it's like. Yeah, we 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 finish something and we look at it and we just listen to it and we we let
0: it speak to us and tell us what it is. I admire that. Mm-hmm. I admire that. that's very fascinating. Yeah, no, well, it was just something I wanted to put out there. I I definitely come from the standpoint that the music does and should speak for itself. Um, I I've often been drawn in by uh, classical pieces where I really know nothing about it going in, absolutely nothing. What is What is Sonata Number Five, Opus you know, Opus blah blah blah? Tell me about a piece. Right. Um, all I know is the composer and how eccentric he is, <laughs> or isn't. But That's all I would know. And I've been so pleasantly surprised. But are- I know people who can't do it. But just just remember, every once in a while, you do see the
2: title of a song, and that can catch you. Every once in a while, you will see something. Do it anyway is a great example of a song that, to be honest, first Here's time I first time I saw it, I was like, that's that's an interesting
0: title i wonder what it is here's one titles are so broad and there's just so many variations of how you could actually title a piece that has never actually happened to me with a title i've never looked at a, at a word just been like oh that's interesting because it it's often wrong you know sometimes these titles are just, are completely inappropriate oh. to what it is but but what i do do that with album art i've often gone through stores <laughs> and looked at an album album art and just been like Ooh, that is really intriguing it's, i will i will pick that
1: up and well, just see take
0: a gamble it's with my wallet. one of the reasons
1: see. i still buy cds yeah when i can afford to i still go into the store and yeah. purchase a physical cd because i love album artwork either that or i'll look at it and i'll remember the name and i'll go back to my computer <laughs> but, well, but you either know, you way. get the gist but also could still be wrong though something about one final note about song titles Song titles also don't always describe the song perfectly or don't even mention the song's chorus. And so if you hear a song, you the way this is coming from is the song Disco Inferno, from back in the days of disco, the chorus was actually called "Burn, Burnberry. You know, they kept repeating Burn, Baby, Burn. Disco Inferno was the end of the chorus. My brother, as a kid, would call it Burn, Baby, Burn because that was the most prominent lyric. And that's common, actually. A lot of pop tracks you heard on the radio, they don't say the song. So you uh, equate it to the chorus. And sometimes the chorus is, has nothing to do with
0: the title. That's true. So just to wrap this up, considering we started this off as, a, as an arc versus theme conversation, uh, just to bring that around, I think what it comes down to is, especially with what I was saying about um, classical in some regards, from, from a strictly musical standpoint, theme doesn't have to be narrative. No, It could be an interpretative narrative for sure. But it doesn't even have to be that. Yeah. It really comes down to the statement of musical phrase. For instance, you're listening to a piece and you hear a melody, a distinct melody that is taking prominence. If that melody has the power, you know, to draw you in at that moment and then they borrow that melody later on and use those motifs, that's theme it's more of a technical word than anything else. but doesn't make, just because it's a technical word doesn't make it any less powerful. You might not, you might not develop a story to go along with it necessarily in your head. You might just take it at face value and listen to the melody, interpret it as a technical theme. And that's what guides you through the piece. Hence theme. And then arc is how you interpret beyond that over, you know, how it states itself linearly. And, uh, that's that. That's that's the other extreme. I
1: think. That sounds about right. Yes, indeed. So I you think you have we... a point, John.
0: <laughs> no, no points. Okay. John yeah. has
1: no point. No points at all. Why even bother? He has no point. I'm very rounded.
0: Because <laughs> you're fat. Ha,
2: ha. I'm not fat. Stocky. I okay, I'm not even stocky anymore.
1: <laughs> I lost some weight. Wow, he that ooh. Uh, cranky right shanking
0: that <laughs> anyway shankin
1: cranky <laughs> anyway um, why don't we hit, hit our spam of the week and then we'll go into next week oh yeah and once again we apologize that we have no Spotify yeah, yeah well, um, well
0: hopefully I'll link the Bandcamp thing and, and ideally you'll have
1: some way of uh, of listening to this album you're going to com-
0: need you need it as a guide before you listen to yeah, this I'm, I'm pretty
1: confident inside. our audience is savvy enough to find it on their this own if they need to very helpful to announce this at the end of our review right yeah, of course absolutely well, they'll go back excellent our spam today
0: trackback excerpt strong trackback back strong there you will find seventy four thousand nine hundred and one more infos by
1: trackback Okay. there's a lot we got a to. lot of trackbacks yeah well it's awesome. it's an internet thing i i yeah. uh, well yeah when you link
0: something, and strong really just means that else. it was bold in in uh... in html trackback was bold <clears throat> um, Bracket B, bracket. Exactly. Words. Bracket, slash B, bracket. Bracket, stop the brack, brack. I need more bracket, brack from you. I was, however, more interested in the 74,901 more infos. That's curious to me. (laughs) That there's so many infos? all the infos all the infos well no not all it's a very finite number not not
2: 902 as uh, as far as numbers go it's better than the one that they use in red for the minutes in a year
0: oh yeah that number it has a a rhythmic cadence to it (laughs) but I choose
1: not to remember of course overplayed song of the decade Um, next week's album pick is my choice oh jeez continue (laughs) man you were saying yes Um, it's the third I believe the third studio album of course I'll check that fact by next week when we actually do the album review but I believe it's the third studio album release of a band called Hello Goodbye one word Um, they are a I believe it's just the one guy Um, he does a production work very techno synth based it's not techno in the style of techno club. It's more just, it's technology. He does a lot of synth and keyboard work, guitar uh, guitar and ukulele work even. Um, the new single is called Everything is Debatable. The album is of the same name. Wait, wait, wait. A- Everything is Debatable. Oh, I like wait. that. Okay. I mean,
0: given our conversation today, I, I really like that title. Um, okay,
1: here's 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 the question. What's the genre, though? You haven't said a genre. You said it's techno... Synth. they're very indie in style as far as they're kind of you know rock-ish. but you know it's a lot of a little fusion oriented of rock yeah uh, yeah it's definitely it it will it, 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 be jazz country bluesy it's not funk. The, the, the the we've we've had crazier yeah, the the main reason i picked it is because a i know neither of you have heard them and that's always fun but also b they're kind of tough to describe. Well, no, I, none of you heard Skeleton Summit
0: today. I think right. that's actually been where we've been at for the last uh, couple of months. Yeah, at least. We're introducing each other other But bands. the
1: big reason I picked this one was because they're hard to describe. And so I'll be interested to describe them next week because they're difficult R to for, describe. Hard for you.
0: Hello. <laughs> hello, goodbye. Is that a reference to the Beatles? Um,
2: I'm not sure. I well, thought maybe... Is, is, you say goodbye, I say hello. It's the opposite order.
0: Oh, it's Hello Goodbye. You say goodbye, you... I say hello. Yeah, well. Hello. It's not Goodbye, hello. But it I is at some point. Why and the song is called Hello Goodbye. Hello.
1: Yeah. So. so I'm, I'm right, John. Hello, <laughs> hello. Yeah, but it's not. But really the song title is called Hello Goodbye. I don't think so. Pretty sure it is.
0: <laughs> He's just uh, going to get. I, I'm trying. Oh, the to...
1: song, it, it is. It is. Anyway. It is. I'm trying to we're gonna right we're gonna wrap up now because i've had enough of john for one night <laughs> oh, so don't that's be quiet so that's our album oh. for next we had a great week discussion that's our album for next week and um that's it so on that wonderful note music is life and life what? is
2: good you're so mean